following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Narrative, the Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system created by Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, are my good friends and co-hosts, Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. How are we doing, Chris? I am doing pretty good, though reeling from the TPK last night that my buddy Drew got, the three PC kill. Of the five of us in Eberron. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Tenzo is no more. But oh. it's it's created a nice little uh, a- adventure for next time. For, for we did, I've created a, um, a heist adventure, my next heist adventure, called the Tricorps Heist. So <laughs> don't want them to get the Karnath and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I don't you know. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm excited about this show tonight. And... Um, Stefan, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good as well. Not as much gaming as I'd like to, but, you know, uh, got a bit of this itch scratched last, or our last show we did the AP with Jamie. Um, yeah. Other fun. than that, um, I'm having some fun drawing, getting back into drawing now. I've got a friend who uh, plays Vampire the Masquerade, and he wants a drawing of their entire coterie or group of uh, vampires. Cool. So I'm doing that, and I've started touching up pictures, old drawings I've got, and hopefully maybe putting them up on DriveThruRPG for stock art. Perfect. So we'll see. Very nice. Still sitting here all bloated and not so fresh from... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we blew the stink. We blew the stink off the grill today, and uh, oh, I, I grilled some filet mignon for the nice. wife and and the boys. Preaching to my ears, brother. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was oh, wonderful. Yes. Awesome. Other than that, and hear all the vegetarians screaming. Meat is murder. Yes, meat is murder. Delicious, delicious, Sweet, delicious, delicious murder. murder. I know, tasty, tasty murder. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so we're going to uh, do another show. We've done uh, several of these in the past. We're doing another of our setting setting spotlights. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we chose something long before we had the. Uh, COVID-19 crisis, we chose to do the (laughs) post-apocalyptic setting. So we're going to be doing episode 56, Setting Spotlight Post-Apocalypse. Yes, almost prophetic. (laughs) That's right. Well, we're mid-apocalypse right now, so. Yeah, true. Let's go do it, fellas. Yep, let's go. If I don't do it, I get spanked. If you don't do it, you get spanked. And we're recording, by the way. 
Um, welcome <laughs> to Boosting the Signal. How about that for some hot Genesis news? Stefan getting spanked! Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, we are boosting the signal now with Stefan. We'll boost your signal. Um, mm-hmm. Give us reviews and find s- some things up on the foundry there. So what you got for us? But That's it. Uh, more stuff is uh, brand spanking new stuff on the foundry. <laughs> I knew you'd do that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> there, there were quite a few because, you know, we don't do this segment every show. Like last show uh, was an actual play. Right. Um, so there's a lot more, but not to take the whole show, I limited to three things. One is the uh, Zanagan Zealots by Chris Markham. He's been pretty prolific coming up with uh, more things, supplements for uh, the Realms of Terranoth setting. And in this one, he expounds a little bit more on uh, the deities of, uh, of Terranoth. So 14 new deities, gods, in this source book. Uh, examples of each god's holy symbol on the clergy of that deity, as well as some information uh, for, uh, for the GM, including stuff about Zanagan, the elven deities, and Zethian. Um, I'm not sure about that. So was this stuff that um, Chris made himself or was it stuff he brought he pulled from from sources from what is it what is I think it rune he, i think he, yeah if i remember yeah like some rune, rune bound and uh rune descent bound. uh the various sometimes board games and other card games that are not role-playing uh, mm-hmm. games as, as such but he's tries to get some information from that and i think he expands a bit on some of his own ideas a Perfect. little bit too well, that's cool. Yeah. So, link in the show notes, a uh, dollar US, not too, so not so bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one by Lazaro Izagiri uh, called Superheroics, with an exclamation point. Four ninety nine US, uh, uh, kind of a compact superhero setting uh, for for Genesis. So it expands a bit on superheroics uh, genre, and includes. Uh, Push all the basics you need to get started with the 10 new talents that are focused on uh, superheroes. So you can check that out as well. And lastly, uh, by Michael Ray's Psi, P S I, not pounds per square inch, but Psi as in <laughs> psionics. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in this one, you unlock the power of the mind using psychics in your Genesis games. Uh, I, I did actually, even though it's bit pricey, uh, I find, but there are quite a lot of pages, over 60 pages uh, of, of, of crunch and stuff uh, in it, well laid out. So I did buy it to look through it, since our own setting uses psionics as well. He does it a little differently, where he's got different skills instead that allow you to do different types of, let's say, actions. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but it's still a pretty good source. Uh, it has two new archetypes, five careers, and lots of size skills and, and talents that, okay. uh, that go with it. So instead of using the standard magic talent, he's got the diff- three, uh, four, at least four skills, if I remember from the PDF. So one skill will allow you to move stuff telekinetically. The other one allows you to read thoughts and stuff like that. And he, there's a the standard description of what the skill does and doesn't do. Oh, that's cool. Which can help, that's good. Help out. I think he's made so. playing a mind game with us, charging us five dollars and one cent. 
instead and of going the other way. <laughs> exactly. You just got to be a mind less. game. Got to be a mind game. He's playing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But it's pretty good. He's, he, then at the end, he's got some sample settings or uh, uh, genres that uh, you can start a game with uh, and, and so forth. So it's pretty good if you want to check it out. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Stefan. Um, we hope um, this little segment has boosted the signal enough to put something new and shiny on your radar. And it puts a couple extra dollars in the creator's pockets. Go out and buy something. Welcome back, and uh, now we're on to our second uh, segment of the show called 50 Pieces of Awesome, where our friend Chris has scoured the internets and webs and stuff like that in the dark net to find something cool to uh, to put out there and uh, talk about. What did you find this time, Chris? Well, I actually went into the depths. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, that's the name of it, um, <laughs> of what I found by, <laughs> you guys are going to fucking laugh, um, Dipakakis. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that right. Um, Bless but you. I will be. Yeah, I know exactly. Gesundheit. Um He or she had me at four millennium. The dwarf empire of a card dominated three continents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a um, Nirn. Um, it's the world of Magitech. Um, and seventeen pages of awesome. Pretty much a player's guide. To this world um some neat art that kind of draws you in right away on page one here almost kind of made me think of our primordial machina setting just a little bit there tony mm. because of the mixture of magic and technology um uh the whole treasure hunting guild um and um you know this dwarf empire has been wiped out for almost I don't know, hundreds of years or maybe a millennium or whatever it is, right? And then you're just trying to find all these ancient artifacts from them. Trinkets, weapons, whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, so at the core of this, there is Arcanix and Esper. So Arcanix is the complex formula um, of casting magic. Esper is more of your spiritual power, um, your healing magic, your connection to nature, um, that's not so technological, if you will. Um, almost kind of makes me think of Eberron, too, a little bit, only because of the magic is technology feelings, you know, that kind of come from it. Um, I like the illustration on page uh, page 12, just below the description of ESP or Esper. Of page 12, Clock. yeah. Yeah, sort of a old... City in the rocks. Oh with lots yeah, of, that's yeah, some Elder of, Scrolls art. So his yeah, or he's, he put, Doom like he put in the uh, bottom of at the very bottom of this that is uh, where his inspirations came from, where his art yep. came from, and everything. This particular piece is from Elder Scrolls, mm. um, which this is the dwarf empires that are abandoned in the Elder Scrolls games. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's pretty it's pretty slick. Um actually that next page, page thirteen, we should think about maybe putting this in the primordial machina too. They he has a table 
um, mm-hmm. of this element interactions table um, where you have a, you know, your listed um, element and what's vulnerable and what it resists. Um, and if you resist an element, it's, you get a boost die. If you're vulnerable to it, it's a setback die against you. That's a oh, simple nice. little mechanic. I mean, it's not bad. Um, yeah. Kind of slick. And, of course, the whole magic, the actions, um, what actions you can do for Arcanics or what actions you can do for Esper, that's listed, mm-hmm. added mask, and predict in here as well um, from the um, Expanded Player's Guide. So this seems like it's fairly recent. Um, yeah, I, I noticed you did not include the transform. Because so that's primal. That's that is that is primal, yeah. Okay, so there's no primal. It seems like in the setting. No, okay. it's it almost kind of rolled, almost kind of rolled the um, what do you call it? Like divine and kind of used esper and, and divine oh. kind of exchanged okay. that out. Um, okay. <clears throat> and then um, the last thing I want to say is on page sixteen, there is a um, craftsmanship table. Where there's orcish craftsmanship or elven or stuff made out of ebony or these various materials where you've got either, you know, what it does to damage, crit, your encumbrance, the price and the rarity on it. And then whatever special properties that type of craftsmanship adds, that's a nice compact, nice way of just kind of laying that out. So um, yeah. some a gem here, I think. Pretty cool. Got a lot of potential, I like to to see the gm's portion um when you're finished with it there buddy Mm -hmm. so yeah that's about all i have it's well done well there you go no very good well thank you uh uh dipica kicks (laughs) dipica kicks ah sweet Uh, i'm the only one no no is it dipica six Sure. So that could be too. Sounds good. Um, so uh, you can reach out to us and tell us how we're supposed to pronounce that. And then we can exchange the, that for the pieces, 50 pieces of awesome that we'll do with a transfer to you. Uh, you have a PayPal account, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, well, welcome back to the Books of Genesis. <laughs> this is where we are going to break down... <laughs> there it is. Tony, you alright over there? <laughs> um, the post-apocalyptic setting from the Expanded Player's Guide. So if you want to open up your book to page 29, 28, 29 if you're mm-hmm. in the PDF like myself. Um and we're going to talk post-apocalyptic stuff. Now, I watched Mad, Mad Max Fury Road the other day and just <laughs> watched Mad Max, 1980s, yes. 1980, right, on. right before yeah. the show. So, yeah, I'm in the mood. And I was now. watching Snowpiercer. Nice. So, yeah. That's another one. Awesome. There's now, plenty of them. I mentioned it earlier, but mm-hmm. post-apocalypse, it's a t- tough subject for some people maybe you should save this put this on the back burner if you don't want to right now if you don't want to cover that i understand <laughs> if you, but we're going to talk about it we we had it on our schedule since january to do and we are set to have a conversation about it including there's there's going to be some parts that are going to be kind of almost like 
present news. So oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> the P word. We will mention the P word. So until you turn it off. So if you don't want to hear the P word, turn off the recording now. You've been warned. Okay, yeah. So we're pandemic is a type. And that's kind of what we want to start with talking about, right? What are the types of apocalypses? Yes. I mean, there's an overall theme that mm-hmm. the apocalypse games will have, and that is that there's struggle. It's either a man versus nature type struggle or a man versus his fellow man or man versus um, monster type it's a struggle. struggle to survive. That's to what survive. it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of times it's going to be very gritty. Yep. Um, but the most common one that we're used to is the that we've had since we were kids and since long before that storytellers have been writing about and that's after nuclear war post-apocalypse yep uh yeah, and i'll go nice. into that one yeah that i think post-apocalypse pretty much started with you know the threat of nuclear war the cold wars everyone threatening to blow each other up so yep right Yes, the threat of mutual assured destruction, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the mad doctrine. Time's over. <laughs> uh, we've been living in that post, uh, post-Manhattan post Project fear for over almost, almost 70 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so a lot of stories have come out of that. And so this is going to be one of the most common ones. And with it comes a theme that there's going to be nuclear fallout. The scientifically dubious, yet narratively fantastic nuclear winter and an abundance of nuclear and toxic waste everywhere. So they give us, right here in this section about nuclear holocaust-type stuff, they give us this sidebar. Yes, on page 29, yeah. (laughs) On 29, it covers radiation. I love the name of the sidebar. That's a certain glow. (laughs) That's great. Healthy green radiation glow. Mm -hmm. And so they give you rules for how to deal with radiation. And that can be used for pretty much any, like, lingering and damaging uh, environmental effect. Um, Yep. Whether it be radiation or, you know, spores from a bio weapon or whatever um well, that's it because one of the things they mentioned is that usually radiation sickness is not pleasant you know if you have to go through the whole rigmarole and imitate reality then that's not going to be fun but they've oh. made a simple version at least with uh, a hard resilience check to represent at least a, an effect right, right. i mean if concept. you guys if you haven't seen um chernobyl on um what do you call it? On HBO that they put out yep. last year, um, yeah. that was that was gruesome looking. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the radiation sickness and whatnot. Don't necessarily want to have that in my game. Now coming upon mm-hmm. bad guys and whatever walking around with it, ah, that's great. But my character <laughs> going through that, yeah, just make me roll. Oh, I die. Sure, mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, in this, it's you're going to roll a hard resilience check and you can increase and dis- decrease that by the difficulty based on the level of radiation in that right. area so you can have levels of radiation that are going to st- state the dis- you know the difficulty maybe level 1 through 5 of of radiation yep um, and then if you fail you're going to suffer one level of radiation now that radiation is uh, is simple you're going to reduce your wound and strain threshold 
by an amount equal to the number of levels of radiation you ha are currently suffering. Gotcha. Um, so it's simple as that. And mm -hmm. the so level, so level one being the you're furthest away from maybe it, right? The source of the radiation would be, right. you know, you'd subtract one from your strain and wound thresholds. And then if it's level five, then um, make that... Standing in the reactor of a nuclear submarine. <laughs> As it's going true. critical. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Warming your hands up. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, so, and then they put in there some gear such as rad suits, radiation suits and uh, anti-rad drugs uh, yeah. will alleviate that, some, that in some way. And we'll get into that in the gear. Cool. But I wanted to mention this sidebar particularly and one other thing that i missed is that um another aspect of the um radiation and the um nuclear war post-nuclear war setting is that post-nuclear war or that those mutants yes. that are out there it's oh, mutated yeah. humans um that's really this the rise of mutants uh, in a lot of stories happens yep. after a nuclear holocaust or contact with radiation. And so mm -hmm. the, you're going to see mutants more often in this kind of setting than some others. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mutated Absolutely. plants, mutated animals as well could be Hulk smash. possible. Well, <laughs> that is a mutation in a way. <laughs> I'm mixing no, genres wrong. there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Though Trogdor... <laughs> Big arm coming out of your back. <laughs> that third arm. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Right on, brother. Yeah. So who wants to take uh, the next one? Um, All right, Chris. I'll take this one. This is a um, favorite of mine, and uh, we've been playing a bit of zombie side. This is your zombie apocalypse. Um, now, whether it's your um George Romero slow walking zombies or your fast moving right. zombies or whatever right. from like World War Z, yeah, eating the brains, however you want to do it. That's what this is. Now, is it created from a government lab and everybody's now wanting to feed on brains when you die? Is it a I don't know, there's all kinds of different things that could create yeah. this, just come up with them and basically the Dead Rise, which yeah. a campaign could be built around finding out what caused the zombie apocalypse. Exactly, exactly. Well, and like, like the movie Twenty Eight Days Later is a, is a variation on zombies. You know, mm -hmm. being zombies is some kind of biological thing that gets into your bloodstream and transforms you into blood murdering exactly. killer. <laughs> but but what's but what's different about this? What, what's what's really scary about this is that when the dead die, they rise up. So it's not mm -hmm. like they're now gone, like the, the population has been culled. Well, they're now trying to eat you, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So it really makes their numbers it, grow. And their numbers yeah. grow as the more, you know? So it's... um, like Your comrades fall. Yeah, and you have your, you know, your small zones of peace, and there's all kinds of different levels of what you want to do with this campaign. And this, is, this would be a campaign you definitely want to have that session zero with. Your, your players and talk about what's going to be fun. Are we going to be keeping track of every piece of ammo or every piece of food yeah. or whatever, you know? And and I yeah, think this this is a struggle. this particular 
type of post-apocalyptic zombie apocalypse is maybe the the easiest, uh, more likely one to poke fun at. Yeah. Kind of exactly. like Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that show. Be a bit tongue in cheek. It could so. be. It totally could. Um, you can mix in, have your zombies with a bit of glow to them if you'd like yeah. to. You know. <laughs> Um, if you do want a little more of the tongue-in-cheek stuff related to zombies, mm-hmm. um, what is it? Uh, Z Nation. Z Nation. Yep, you knew what I was mm-hmm. thinking of on on, <laughs> on um, Sci-Fi Channel. Now, that, that show actually took it to a whole new level when they walked out of a, a cabin in the woods and there's because they had to run away because there's a zombie tornado coming and the one girl looks at the others like oh as long as they're not well they weren't sharks right i mean so <laughs> yeah those are the kinds of things oh, no zombie sharks oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's definitely very campy show but great rpg fodder for one shots or even oh, for yeah. a campaign yeah even zombie land another movie i just thought of Again, campy, but good. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right. So, Stefan, what's the next one here? Yes. And the next one is another one that's fairly popular as, you know, uh, technology uh, increases and becomes more prevalent is the machine uprising. Whether it's the manufacture of robots, you know, like oh, some of our familiar I'll Be Back movies, or the AI. Uh, that takes over control, which is everything. Uh, yep. I know so Kung Fu. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know Kung Fu now. <laughs> that is awesome. I like this. I like I need, this. I need this guns. Quote. <laughs> this quote is is really good. How it how it's basically yeah. summed up with. Go ahead, Stefan. What is that quote? Just just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Yes, and we then, can invent, we can create an AI. Yeah, uh, but don't connect it to the internet. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Turn the control over yeah. of our <laughs> nuclear weapons to this thing. Life will be Why so not? much easier. Why not? <laughs> yep. Hello, Skynet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, life will be easier as a slave, I guess, or food, exactly. or as a power source. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Being being in technology myself, being a computer programmer and whatnot, this one kind of hits the hits the heartstrings a little bit too because I'm like, yeah, dude, I want to make Skynet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ride in a car that will automatically drive me somewhere unless I program it myself. But oh, that's it. It's a so, little scary. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of movies out there and TV shows that you know, can oh, yeah. t- for inspiration. You know, the more yeah. popular ones with Arnold, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, there's quite a few. Uh, out there depending on uh, the setting or the or the humans you know resistance movements are they actually slaves like uh, in the matrix uh, yep. and so forth so exactly. there's a few ways of, of doing it uh, mm-hmm. okay. how the machines have, have arisen <laughs> alrighty alright what's our next one what's there the Tell next me. one Tony next one, one. Or... pandemic that's right mm-hmm. so yeah there's roughly two kinds of pandemics out there. The Great natural kind, a.k.a. the one we are currently in, <laughs> or um, the lab-made, man-made one, which, you know, we're going to, you know, that's going to be your um, 28 days later, the rage yeah. virus, or mm-hmm. your Resident Evil um, yep. with yeah. the, um, you know, the with the um, umbrella, umbrella company making the T-virus. Uh, mm-hmm. um, 
the thing about it is it's very, very much like the zombie apocalypse. The pandemic is going to be a slow-moving cataclysm in which society is going to crumble in huge chunks. And then yep. um, characters surviving that pandemic are going to be faced with uh, all kinds of threats, whether death cults or zombies or mutants yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a plague seeded from aliens from space or whether it's a plague that came from man's laboratories and just got out it doesn't matter um, or magic it could be <laughs> or magic you could mm-hmm. mutate humankind and create mutants yeah. again just like the uh, nuclear fallout exactly. and again we get a handy sidebar seems like yes. i'm getting all of these um <laughs> so uh we get the contagion sidebar which tells us how to deal with uh, a, a deadly disease that is out in the environment uh, in Genesis. And that uh, that is going to be a daunting resilience check when dealing with a deadly disease. Uh, failure means the character is going to suffer three wounds and three strain. Ouch! Mm-hmm. And they also suffer one wound and one strain for each threat that they generate. Wow, dude. If the check generates despair, the character doubles all the damage they take to wounds and strain. Wow. That's uh, nuts. In addition, the character is now infected with the disease and they can make other characters sick. Whether and, and that's a thing. If you develop this disease, you have to develop how it is transmitted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it is transmitted via physical contact, um, yeah, saliva, like yep. body fluids, airborne, <laughs> whether it's water based, if people drink the water they get it. Um whether it's in the plants, there was a that that movie that came out where the plants were emitting spores that made everyone mm-hmm. go insane. Um, either way, the the characters infected, they can transmit it to other characters, and each day they're going to make that same daunting resilience check, yep. or suffer the same consequences until they a die or b recover. If they succeed and generate a triumph. They are, they recover. If they succeed, only they just didn't take the damage that day. They right. linger on with the illness. Yeah. Yep, they um, haven't overcome it yet. Wow, you got to generate a triumph to overcome it. Yeah, wow, that's like the first role I've really seen in Genesis where for something to happen, you have to generate a triumph. Yeah, and sense. as a GM, I would even say, you know, not just a triumph because not every character is going to have resilience ranks so i i just don't see as a gm if i was running it i might say like five or more advantage could be used also or yeah true especially Uh, i mean if you don't if they don't have any ranks and they don't spend a story point (laughs) wouldn't be they would you have have really no chance it's a a permanent death sentence for the character unless they're spending a story point and i don't see that as like i said i'd probably eh, five or six would be my threshold and you know what i would do you know what i would do too i would actually if nobody if somebody did make their daunting resilience check without any ranks like maybe three in a row i'd give them a free rank of it you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, here you go. You've got a free rank. To, you get, you earned a free rank in resilience. You know what I mean? That's it. It all depends on the theme and how dark yeah. your your campaign is, and you know oh, those, yeah. those kinds of things. If you want it to be super gritty, yeah. don't listen yeah. to me. It only takes a triumph. Let them waste away to death. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Right, a bit right. like a bit like radiation. Mm-hmm. If you're starting to 
be super realistic with diseases and stuff, yeah, you can really get you know, into the details and yeah. Right. But yeah, and again, these are we're just we'll talking. Find, we're just talking we'll like find. the the sources, the types of, um, up you know the apocalypse that we'll we'll be getting yeah. into like the tropes and all those things here coming up as well. What you need to deal with after this happens. Well, the next it. one is environmental collapse. So the first thing that came into my mind was what 2012, right? 2012. That's yeah. a, that's one where the where the the um. What was it? The tectonic plates shift. Yeah. Shift. Um, your your mm. glaciers, your polar ice caps melt. Um, basically, um, covering the world in a you know the water world. Oh, great movie! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freaking. The only yeah, okay. saving grace of that movie is yeah. the villain. Right. <laughs> I almost got to watch that one again. Oh uh, my gosh! Anyways, but, anyhow, there, but yeah, so that, there was the other movie as well. The uh, the end of days, or where everything oh, freezes no, over. End of tomorrow. End of tomorrow. End of tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, that was the one with um, yeah. what's his name? Edge of tomorrow. Edge of edge no, of not not edge of tomorrow. Edge of tomorrow. Day after the, tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. That's it. There you go. That was, I know tomorrow, tomorrow movies. Yeah, yeah tomorrow never dies. Yes, exactly. I was watching earlier. Yeah, an environmental collapse. Absolutely, absolutely. That's when the world froze yep. over. Of course, um, kind of did the opposite. Of course, when, when my husband watches some of these movies with environmental stuff, he says that can never happen. No, that's not how it happens. That's how <laughs> not how weather goes. So it does, it's not enjoyable for him. It's like yeah, yeah. but you have so, to suspend your disbelief. Like no, I can't. Well, All right, you, fine. Do. you have to be inter- you have to take movies for what they are. You kind of exactly. got to escape, turn your brain off because but Hollywood thinks we're stupid. Yeah, um, no. yeah. But yeah. You know, so anyway, so this is your environmental collapse. A huge, a, a worldwide environmental event happens, um, and uh, you got to deal with it. You got to survive after it. Yeah, that's it. You know, glaciers melt and sea levels rise, and now yeah. it's water world. Uh, <laughs> super volcano! Oh yeah, super volcano! Yeah, That's right. Dante's Peak. I think Dante's Peak was one. I don't. Yeah, I think that was more it. of a. They stopped it. It wasn't. Didn't really turn maybe, into the whole. Oh, maybe a regional apocalypse. <laughs> right. Right. So, well, so what's that? What's our last one? What's our last type of um, apocalypse? The last one we mentioned a little bit. Sometimes with the others, the stellar phenomena. Phenomena. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse. Uh, so something beyond the stars, whether it's a comet that go comes between the Earth and the Moon, uh, cracking it and throwing the, the entire world into chaos. Some stars of our period. <laughs> yeah, or a spore, <laughs> or uh, some kind of living organism that attaches, you know, to humans. Tony, <laughs> Stefan, ride. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, Which yeah. one of us is Mukla and which one of us is Princess Ariel? Well, of course, I'm wow. Princess Ariel. Duh. You're Princess Ariel, jeez. <laughs> Chris looks like a mock. I mean, I'm look Mukla. At him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that makes Tony uh, Thunder. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So he that's right, I'm blonde. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you though? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, never mind. That's true. Gonna, I was going to ask right. a question, that's but right. never mind. <laughs> Yeah, so stellar phenomena. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, alien microbes uh, that could be you know, deadly alien microbes, which is one 
could segue into the pandemic kind of thing, you know. Right. The, the pandemic is of alien origin or uh, or something like that. That, that throws the whole world upside down. Oh, yeah. So you have oh, lots yeah. of leeway on how that can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have one more. Well, we do have another sidebar, which I'll take because this actually is related to the environmental there we go. collapse. But it could also be applied to really any post-apocalyptic setting, to be honest. And those are the environmental hazards like dehydration. Um, mm-hmm. You can't heal when when you are dealing when you are when you do have like dehydration rules in effect. Um, mm-hmm. You won't be able to heal straight at the end of an encounter if you're dehydrated at that point. Um, let's see. Um, you don't you don't have to keep track of your party's water supply as long as you make a point of carrying water. However, if you generate a three threat or a despair, you can have like the characters run out of water, which is cool. Um, and then there's also dealing with the heat and the cold as well. Um, when you are in those extreme environments, two setback dice are fairly appropriate to add to checks that they would make. Um, gear would remove one of those depending on the type of gear they have. Um, so that's fairly straightforward, um, hazards to overcome and what they are as far as the environment goes. So. That's right. So we've talked about the themes that come with a post-apocalyptic game, but there's also tropes that are common amongst all the themes. And um, one of the things I didn't mention at the very top, and I want to, is that these can be these could be common even if you started your uh, post-apocalyptic game in a different setting. Because you could have a fantasy post-apocalypse or a steampunk post-apocalypse or modern post-apocalypse too. Mm-hmm. All that. Um, but these tropes are common amongst them all. And I'll start off with the resource scarcity trope. So resource scarcity, not scarcity. Is, uh, <laughs> scary. Is, uh, yeah, it is scary. Or resource uh, scarcity. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, it's... <laughs> Depends on how you're reading it. That's right. You see a big, uh, big sign on for sure, say, still, Scar City. Oops. That's right. I'm still reading from the left to the right. So, <laughs> so in a post-apocalyptic setting, uh, people are reduced to scavengers and survivors, uh, grubbing Burr. for uh, among ruins for canned goods and rags. No one is staffing any means of production. So weird things gain value, like toilet paper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Clorox <yeah>. wipes. <laughs> and Clorox right. wipes, yes. And, and, now, and uh, now flour. <laughs> or meat. And I think meat. Um, just how scarce the various resources are depend largely on timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it been days or years since the apocalypse began. Uh, right. Players have to tighten their belts and make do with what they find. Decades, generations, and centuries, they may find ways to produce some of those things again, but they'll never be mass-produced like they were back when society was thriving, right? No, right, no, right. no industries, no factories. It's all back to medieval times, practically. You know. <laughs> and practically, the keynote yeah. in this is that the last paragraph here, and that is that resource scarcity also informs the setting's technology level. It doesn't matter how advanced a society used to be, when factories are buried deep in rubble. 
and by controlling the availability of certain resources, you can control the technology that players have access to. That's right. Well, yeah. that's it. You know, assault rifles are now you know gold. You know, like you know, because you bullets can find are more out. valuable. Your assault bullets. rifles just another it's fucking worthless. club. Yeah, exactly. it's a very, very big club <laughs> with a nice sight on it, maybe a telescope on it. That's, that's about it. <laughs> and then, well, like I said, I was watching Mad Max, right? Um, gas is yeah, a prime, cool. prime um, commodity in that setting uh, and water. They call it right? gasoline. Gasoline, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or beyond Thunderdome, you know, they, they they managed to find a way to produce methane, but it's not, you know. A factory is it's pigs. Nice. It's pig shit. Thanks for spoiling it for me, Stefan. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Movie was made in 1985. Shut up. I know there's oh, some sort and, of and the character Master Blaster is two different characters. One tiny guy sitting on top of the big guy. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm gonna name one of my post-apocalyptic characters, um, Mudguts. That <laughs> okay. was the name of one of the characters in the Mad Max movie. So Mudguts, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, resources. Is he a swamp virgin? <laughs> Could be. Not anymore. No. Um, <laughs> What's next, Chris? Well, the next thing that we have, um, well, I guess it's segue with the Mad Max theme kind of is the wasteland. This is your ultimate expression, as they say here, humanity versus nature in post-apocalyptic set. Because it's a wasteland. You need to find... You need to struggle yeah. for survival here, right? Um, but probably in a the, the example here, so post-nuclear um, or stellar phenomena setting where you have like this nuclear winter or whatever, there are radioactive deserts and areas you can't even go through. Um, uh, pandemics could empty out cities that you would never, that you wouldn't go to as well. Um, zombie hordes could be providing a less... <laughs> Um, yeah. a, a very unfriendly a, environment. A, a very unfriendly <laughs> vacation area. If you can't yeah. really go to the cabin, right? No. They're overrun with zombies up north or something. Um, and then uh, you have, um, and you also have, if, say, the polar ice caps melt and create mm-hmm. this quote unquote water world, it completely changes the, the, um, perspective of the world you've lived in uh the what what was that movie 2012 right completely change it they're on that big barge now they are on their quote-unquote water world if you will um Mm -hmm. creates a very different wasteland other than a deserty australian outback in like the mad max movie so well however you want to do this um yeah that's what your wasteland is here could be your Mm -hmm. ice um, in that, what was it, the day after tomorrow, um, the ice caps basically come all the way down through the middle of the United States, and that's where the polar ice caps come down to now. And that's all, like, frozen tundra. Um, yeah. So, yeah. One one that comes to mind, I actually ran a game based on it a couple of cons ago, Con of the Cobb, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, which is an old <laughs> comic, book, comic book where uh, it was a bit... Ad- ahead of its time saying about the environment collapse, you know, uh, environmental gotcha. apocalypse, yep. people building these arcologies underground to survive. And when they come out 500 years later, instead of finding deserts, though, uh, 
a lot of landscapes has changed, but now it's lush jungles for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and dinosaurs have come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's that's a neat. So people twist. have to rediscover. Yeah, people still have to rediscover the land. They just rediscover farming, but they do have some aspect of technology, access to technology, but that advanced technology. They just had to learn a lot about recycling, <laughs> but now they have to live a, and rediscover the whole land. Exactly. New so, York is now pretty much underwater. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, what's so that's the next uh, trope there, Stefan? Then we go to the, uh, the natural, let's say, byproduct of post-apocalyptic societal breakdown. So, you know, governments are gone, you know, uh, society has broken down. Uh, it's basically barbarism in most cases. Um, the survivors have to scramble to collect well, resources, power, equipment. Uh, so, and this could be world-spanning, could you know, uh, cover uh, just a local area. Usually, you know, if you're post-apocalyptic, it's not no longer a, a global economy. So you're just you just have to focus your your campaign into a, a small area. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have your characters travel all over the world but yeah uh, they have to to live uh, very differently now instead of being big governments now they might have to deal with warlords or collectives uh, so mining and salvage towns that uh, are attempting to uh, to subsist differently now I think the last sentence in the first paragraph sums it up might makes right Survival becomes more important than morality, and humankind becomes its own worst enemy. Yeah. That's a that's a deep and that's a deep theme there. That's that's dark. That's dark as well, shit. That's it. <laughs> well, that's it. When when the main goal is survival, you know, uh, do you really care if uh-huh. you're a good person and help your neighbors? Like, no, I I want my food and water. <laughs> and I think that's this is a prime example why shows like The Walking Dead are highly popular yeah. because it goes into, you know, all the depths that humanity will go through. Yeah. Um, all the different psychological ways to look at the apocalypse. Yeah. And mm, yeah. People ask what, what it do does they to ask? people. What do they ask? It's the three questions that the groups asked, right? It's like how many people have you killed, right? There's like three questions that they asked. It's Yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember them, but I, I know. I remember. But it's something along those lines. It basically you get there if they're answering you truthfully, it kind of gets you an idea of okay, well, that's what you had to do. And if you yeah. didn't have to kill somebody, you're fucking lying because you're still alive right i mean it's one of those things right right, where yeah well that's what i like the last uh little paragraph of this uh Mm -hmm. this trope uh so however your apocalypse shakes out the collapse of society wipes the slate clean for everyone what a person was before doesn't matter what they are now does so you can have a character who's was a mass murderer before you know he he escaped prison because society broke down, and now he's like, eh, no one knows me. Yeah, I can start new. Clean slate. I can yeah, play a new Joe. And yeah, I've got this bat that has a nice, you know, like yeah, rusty nail wire wrapped around it, and I call Lucille. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, the, the next, next trope: one, uh, pre-fall technology. So, and the enduring theme in a lot of post-apocalyptic settings is that. Um, 
the reverence with which old technology is held. And first book, the first one that comes to me um, in the reverence of some piece of old technology would be um, an old alien uh, post-apocalyptic movie, and that would be um, mm. the the book was much better, but uh, the uh, oh gosh, darn it, it's drawn it? a total blank right at the moment. Oh no, um, is that the tip of your brain? Yeah, it's got John Travolta in it. Uh, oh no, no, no! Oh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, that, yeah, that's there it. You Battlefield, go. Earth. Battlefield Earth. Yes. Great book. Yeah. Movie. Great book. Terrible dumb. movie. But the <laughs> level of reverence that, that they mm-hmm. gave to old technology yeah. uh, in that yeah. is what really made me think of that movie. Um, mm-hmm. Because they don't know what it does, but uh, they found out that nukes are a thing and that they could go yeah. dig them up and use them. And, and yeah, they mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. still work. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Even, a, even an old walkie-talkie kind of thing could be something like, ooh, we can talk to each other from far away. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the uh, the level of old technology also depends on what your world was beforehand, and as a GM, you've got to kind of figure that out. Um, and not not just old world um, technologies, but even old world forbidden things like books. You know, imagine. Mm-hmm a guy walking around with a book and books are forbidden. Uh, would he be treated like a, a, a burned like a witch? You know, what's mm-hmm. that book about? You know, Oh, you base like your book whole society on Lord of the Rings. Or, Eli, yeah. You've seen book. Or of Eli, book. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. 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 I've seen it. I wasn't pleased with it, but anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> Denzel Washington is an amazing actor. Oh, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, that that's a great uh, a great example right there, Chris. Uh, so, yeah. those technologies, though, the important thing is is that they they they're rare and they they have this bit of reverence to them, whether it's treated as a an. Oh, what's the word I'm searching for? Is treated as a, a bad thing or treated as a good thing, whichever. It's right. reverence, whether it's fear yeah. or whether it's um, you could have, amazement. You could, you could have both. You could have both. Yes. One piece of technology could say, "This is the life giver." You know, mm-hmm. it's a power plant or something that supplies power right. or fresh water. I mean, you but can have anything kid, else. It's like no, it's evil. You can have a kid find a toy that the, mm. that the eyes light up red. And people think yeah, it's a witch. It's, it's, it's there's an evil spirit in there. It's red eyes, ah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah you could right. go wherever exactly. you want with it. It's like, oh my god, Teddy Ruxpin is talking. It's, 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 it's possessed. <laughs> yeah, there would be a lot of fear in things that people yeah. couldn't understand in old technologies. So sure, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right. And then Next. the last one. You know, this is our Trogdor, right? With shit growing out your back <laughs> these are so the other trope would be the mutants that we were talking about um mm-hmm. you know your exposure to the radiation or the alien microbes from the meteor that slammed into wherever who do what do we want to get hit no i don't i'm sorry we shouldn't say that on on the air um and it says who doesn't like a good mutant horde <laughs> i mean who does it <laughs> I would embrace them. Hugs for everybody. For all the mutants. Why not? Right? Free armed hugs for me. Yay. And then and then this is and this is a that, huge head with arms growing out of his ears. And then so. this is actually something that you can th- this actually would make a very interesting dynamic in the group. This last 
paragraph here, including mutants into like playable options for players, um, could maybe other players, other characters in the party are like, oh shit, he's a mutant. Uh, how do I react to that? <laughs> like, you know, it makes yeah. me think of what the Warhammer setting, right? Where mutants you have mutants uh evil burn the witch you know whatever you gotta die heresy you know uh, you can bring in those kinds of things with mutants and how apparent is the mutation is it just very subtle is a superpower Mm -hmm. kind of thing or is it you know when you open up your shirt when you open up your shirt is there like a dude in your chest just talking (laughs) right (laughs) 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 exactly tony exactly (laughs) Or does he look like a cat person, you know, instead? Nope, my fur grows in strange places. There it is. There it is. Yeah, so those those are your tropes. You know, the resource scarcity, the wastelands, the societal breakdown, the pre-fall technology, and the mutants. So, um, So speaking of what players can play, who wants to kick us off, man? Options. Player options. Options. Stefan. All right. Well, segue into what Chris just mentioned. Mutants. <laughs> Mutants presented here as a basic brute. So that's one of the basic ones. Uh, mutations can be fickle. Uh, so you can start low. Uh, so usually physical stats can be uh, emphasized. So this archetype you know, puts emphasis on brawn and some cunning at two. Everything else at one. And as a basic template, and then you can have some decent brawn and willpower base 10 plus brawn or willpower. Mm-hmm. For your some, wounds and strength. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, starting skills, they say, you know, well, they, give you a lot of, they give you a lot of experience points to really oh, yeah. tweak. Yeah. Almost kind of reminds me of like the droids, right? From. Yeah, um, Byroids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Byroids, yep. So you can buy up some of those attributes a little higher, and uh, maybe some of those uh, other uh, abilities. So you uh, you start your skill, starting skill, some resi- rank in resilience. I guess being tough uh, helps. Well, not too tough. You're a fucking mutant. Right? No, exactly. But still, no, but now you're tough. And you must have failed it at some point. <laughs> yeah, you failed it. That was important. It was important. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, mm-hmm. they've got a special ability called Just a Scratch. So in making a check to recover a strain, uh, at the end of an encounter, they can make a resilience check instead of a discipline. So that's where the, the free rank can help. Um, and in addition to, uh, to recovering strain, they can spend two advantage from that check to recover a wound. So heal a wound as well as recover strain. That's right. Mutants regenerate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. Especially if they have long claws. <laughs> and at the, before spending experience, you can get uh, one ability out of a selection that uh, represents some of the mutations that your character either he can fly, he's amphibious, or he has a scaly hide, multiple limbs, or natural weapons. Snick. <laughs> I want to create Kevin Costner and be amphibious. Yay! Yeah, here you go. I want gills. <laughs> Shut up, fish boy. <laughs> All right. Come so here. You're going to be sushi tonight. <laughs> next is the sleeper. The sleeper has awakened. 
The sleeper sleepers are near perfect remnants of humanity. Mm-hmm. They're the uh, they existed before the apocalypse. They just came out of cryo sleep. They've been in a hospital bed on drugs for six years. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, or they've been locked away in a vault somewhere. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> While the fallout was falling down, right? Yeah. From the nuclear right, so, winter. Okay. <laughs> so your sleeper is going to have twos across the board. He's going to have a starting wound and strain of 12, uh, 100 XP. Basically your average human dude. Um, but they're going to know something that these savages of the apocalypse aren't going to know. They're going to have ranks in the mechanics or computers, depending nice. on uh, the setting. Um and they they obtain this rank uh, before spending any XP. So, that's it. Uh, so and a skill uh, from then, their previous lives. And then for their other special ability, they have remember this: a sleeper adds an advantage to all results of any checks uh, they make to identify, use, or repair pre-apocalypse items. You want to be the ultimate scavenger that knows his shit about shit from before? Make yeah, a sleeper. That is cool. That's cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> this was an That's old RCA uh, recorder, videotape recorder. Oh, no, it's beta. Damn. All right, throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> What's next, Chris? Oh, this was a hamster ball. They, I, I heard they use these in Canada for the internet. No. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we could totally rig something up. No. All right. Oh, definitely. It's the only way to get internet now. <laughs> so what's next is it, it's your, it's your, this is your survivor. Um, and they're riding out the apocalypse, um, trying to do what they can to survive, which would give them, which gives them twos across the board, except for cunning. Um, their wound threshold is at 10 plus brawn. Their strain threshold is at seven plus willpower because, well, they've been, (laughs) they've been trying to survive and their, their, their will has kind of been a little, you know, Going into the tanks a little bit, but they do start with 100 XP, which is nice. Um, and they will uh, they start with one rank in survival. Duh, makes sense. sense. Well, yeah, for, totally. And they're um, they survivor have better have a rank in survival. <laughs> exactly. No, I've got a rank in skullduggery. <laughs> no, <laughs> idiot. Rank in um, charm. That's right. Or charm. Yeah. Um, and then they're always prepared, which means when they make a check to heal strain at the end of the encounter, they'll heal one additional strain. So having this such a low strain threshold, that's a neat special ability. And it's yep. always one of those things, oh, I survived. Yay, another day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when mm-hmm. you make these characters, uh, careers that are in the core rulebook are just going to be fine because really your career in the apocalypse is zero. You're a survivor anyway. So just about any career uh, that the setting would normally have is going to be fine. But then you got specific gear. Yeah. Nice. And, and there's they give us a good chunk of it here. They do. Um and I don't need. We don't need to go into every piece, but we do. No. I think we should cover the the setting specific gear rules yes. that apply here. Um, and that is, I'll start it off with uh, weapons and gear from the old days. So depending on what the world was like, um, your characters could have access to laser pistols or rail guns or crossbows and swords. Uh, it all <laughs> depends. The GM needs to say 
what was our pre-apocalyptic world? Much like yes. when Chris and I developed our uh, primordial machina setting, we said, okay, the world was magic is technology. Yeah. But since then, steam tech has risen. Mm -hmm. And from right. that, from that, and so there's old magic tech, which is ancient magic items. But the things you're going to find everyday average people making now in our setting mm -hmm. was going to be steam weapons and things like that. Yep, yep. Um, the steam powered airships and and such or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And GMs are encouraged to use their imagination mm -hmm. uh, on things from the past that they. But uh, this particular setting is set to a modern as a default. So you'll see the things that in the gear that we point out are going to be things that you'd find modern world, uh, a yeah. a, you know, modern technology. Probably levels, go out to maybe your, a little bit more advanced. Probably can go out to your into your garage and make these weapons. Yep. Basically, yeah, what's out there? So the next. So who wants to talk about the next part? Um, I could take that if you'd like. Right. So, um, sure. one of the, so it kind of goes into, you know, what is, uh, what's important now? Money probably won't be important. If you have a, an, you know, an American dollar, you won't be able to use it. <laughs> but no. if you have a freaking bullet, you can get yourself a shot of whiskey. <laughs> Do you see what I did there? A shot of whiskey. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, we're talking. We're talking a barter. Yeah, there we go. Cheers. <laughs> a barter-based economy here. So it's not necessarily you know the credits you have. It's the stuff no. you have to trade back and forth. And if you take a step back and really think about what you have there, it could make for an interesting campaign. You know, um, and you would do, th and then you know the haggling would be your opposed negotiation checks, um, pretty much. And it's uh, yeah, go ahead, Tony. Yeah, it's, and as a GM, you want you know you want your NPCs to always want that piece of gear that characters want to keep, mm -hmm. um, but they'll take what characters are willing to give up for a lesser value. But what has yeah. value to the player will also have value to the adversaries. Right, and and so putting so putting a price in the tables here gives you an i gives you an idea of what it's actually worth, not necessarily in credits, but you know, for for instance, if we take if we take a um, a shiv as opposed to a nail bat, you know, nail bat's worth a hundred credits or piece of barter barter pieces, if you'd like. So two. We're going to call them pieces of awesome. Pieces of awesome. That's right. Pieces of awesome. So you got a hundred pieces of awesome for a nail bat, fifty for a shiv. You know, hey, I'll give you two shivs for that nail bat, Negan. No, you don't want to give it to me. All right, that's fine. Right. I think it's worth more. That, it's yeah. worth more. That's right. Yeah, you need four shivs could, at least. I think you could also port hmm. from Shadow of the Beanstalk the whole favor uh, system as well. Instead that's of, actually you know, a good if, idea, Stefan. If you don't have possessions you know okay you want three chickens for this uh i, I don't have chickens I, i'll do you a favor <laughs> yeah but really would you trust me Stefan, to follow up on that favor post-apocalyptic man i'm a barbarian oh, now right Maybe, fucker. But, but it's a small community if you don't honor your favors or your word it'll get around and people will never trust you so. right well, in, that, a tight, in a tight-knit community yeah, you could very absolutely. well use it for that if you're absolutely. wandering the wasteland and meeting strangers probably not <laughs> probably not but yeah 
<laughs> but it was oh, is a great idea. I think that that'd be that'd be incorporated if you were going to run a soci- a small society mm-hmm. of post apocalyptic people trying to you know very much like The Walking Dead. You mm-hmm. you know yeah. oh so and so knows how to fix things. He's real good with his hands. Hey, mm-hmm. can you come over and you know work yeah, on my toaster my yeah. and I, I'll I'll bake you a cake. Car- right. I'll bake Carol's cookies. You know. There you go. There's that. <laughs> Because I have this very rare book that survived the apocalypse. It's all about, you know, Nigella's recipe book. No, her name is Betty Crocker, baby. (laughs) All right, so So let's talk about some of these. This guy, Scott, this guy, Ramsey. I think we should mention the sidebar here. Go for Uh, it. Stefan, if you want to cover that. Oh, Stefan, yeah. Uh, Yes, Yes, it's my turn to do a sidebar. Sidebar, Your Honor. Thank you. Please. (laughs) Scavenge, yes, scavenged weapons and armor. So one popular trope, of course, of post-apocalyptic settings is that most weapons and gear are usually scavenged or made, you know, uh, uh, wholesale or homemade. Uh, so you can see, especially in movies and art sometimes, you know, people using a stop sign as a shield or uh, uh, an iron pot as a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, all the weapons and armor usually... Uh, mentioned are usually scavenged um whenever a character makes a skill check they say like using uh wearing or carrying some scavenged weapons uh the, the gm may spend two threat or despair to from that check to have that piece of equipment weapon armor whatever be damaged because it, it's not made you know uh by an armor or professionally or mass produced uh so it's not made for to resist bullets and stuff. <laughs> True. So homemade versus homemade versions versus regular items uh, of regular items. Sorry. Uh, so the setting may include a whole list of items. Uh, they say they say here in the sidebar, uh, but it's not unreasonable for PCs to attempt to build something homemade, uh, a homemade version of an item. Attempting that uh, at GM's approval, of course. Uh, then he just has to find, of course, the raw materials that could logically be used if he's trying to build or repair a toaster. Okay, you'll need some heating elements and springs and electrical electrical source, uh, etc. And uh, so it might require a, a mechanics check, depending on the rarity. That's where you can use the table uh, I.51 uh, on page 82 of the core rulebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see how to get the comp- the difficulty of uh, of the uh, of the item to manufacture or repair whatever depending on the uh, how rare the item was before as a, as a gauge so if he, and if he succeeds then they manage to obtain the item but uh, the the price might be half the value because it's scavenged not quality materials nice <laughs> yeah I I was looking at that table. And um, a formidable check to make a military strategic bomber. There we go. Yeah, homemade strategic. Yeah, go ahead. Take yeah. that up in flight. Yeah, that's it. Why don't you, that's where, why don't you upgrade that fucker about four times, too, <laughs> while you make your piloting check. Good. Yeah, that's, when, that's when the princess <laughs> says, you came, you came here in that? You're better than I thought. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's get into some of our favorites of the equipment. Yeah. Um, so... Chris, I know you've got one favorite. Go ahead. Yeah, you know what? You'll probably see this a little later on in the show. Hmm. 
maybe. <laughs> it's the fucking nail bat. Come on, man. That's like though my though Standard. my actual weapon slash tool of choice is not in here for a post apocalypse. Mm. Um, but it would function like a nail bat, right? So basically, it's yeah. length of wood with nails or spikes or barbed wire driven into it, wrapped around mm. it, and yep. of course you have to name it. If you would, and the nail bat obviously would use melee. You you'll add plus three to your brawn when doing damage. Crit of two, um, vicious two as well. Yeah, because yeah, no got doubt. fucking nails out of it. <laughs> yeah, nails and razor wire. Yeah, so it's a fairly simple. You can make it out of really a lot of. You know, get a stick of wood and a bunch of bats. Go to a hardware store. Go to a sporting goods <laughs> store. Break into one. Go find some fucking bats. Do it. What do you have? What do you, what's your favorite there that you found there, Stefan? Oh, there's a few. Uh, I, I like the, the Thunder Stick because it reminds me of the old uh, Army of Darkness. This is a boom stick, so but <laughs> even lower tech than that. So basically, it's, it's just almost like a shotgun round at the end of a stick. Right. Thunder Sticks are simple, brutal weapons that are a little more than an explosive charge tied to the end of a long pole. Exactly. Witness me! <laughs> Some, exactly. Witness me! Yeah, the dude jumping off the back of the freaking... Yeah. <laughs> what do you call it? Car and Fury Road. <laughs> That's so, a yeah, typically thrown as a javelin, but sometimes we wield as melee weapon, so just yeah. stick it... Stick the stick the, the, the charged end at the enemy. <laughs> That's right. I like the last part of it. Yeah, so when your character makes a combat check with a thunder stick, the GM may spend, of course, threat, two threat, or of course the despair, to have the character suffer five wounds. Four Oops. wounds, but still, yeah. <laughs> I was holding it by the wrong end, sorry. <laughs> Put a little too many expl- explosives at the end of that stick. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> How about you, Tony? What do you, what do you, uh, what's your choice? I mean, anybody can make a shift. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Shit, that's a great little bit of a weapon there. I like it. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's it's just a knife that you've made. You know, mm-hmm. and you got a hundred different ways to make one. Like yep. you said, my my weapon of choice in the apocalypse isn't even on here. My weapon of choice in the apocalypse is a machete. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Yep. Because uh, I can use a machete all over the place. Yep. <laughs> so well, I, can I would use... build a machete shift. I would make one. If I nice. didn't have a machete, which, by the way, it's a prerequisite when you marry into my family, you're issued a machete in your wedding. Um, everyone gets a, one. Nice. Is that for, a post- for the pending apocalypse. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that could uh, fall under the leaf spring sword then. It could. It could. Yeah, my, my, my weapon tool of choice would be, a, would be that curved... Yeah. Um, the... The, the raven say crow, it say raven it no, no just a crowbar <laughs> yeah crowbar, crowbar. Yes. yeah dude you can open shit with it yeah. a raven stick i think raven Stephen stick. was trying to be punny i know he was <laughs> he was try- trying to be punny <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um yeah you can open shit with it you could bash zombies in the brain with it you can stick oh, yeah. people with it um and you can. It's pretty durable. You can, you can block that fucking machete from Tony's family coming at you yeah. if you need to. Uh, there'd be <laughs> seven people with machetes all at once. You ain't blocking all of them. Whirlwind. <laughs> whirlwind attack. Need to add a need to add a talent. Whirlwind. <laughs> anyway, whirlwind parry. There you go. Crowbar go. specialist. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, they only add two bits of armor, and the two bits of armor are both good. Um, yeah. And you see them in all the different. Uh, 
mm-hmm. post upon like Stefan said, the you could add that stop sign shield to that list easily. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but homespun armor and the sports pads, those I mean, they make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But other gear, what have we got? Anything good? Well, of course, you know, the, the very popular anti-rad drugs, if you're running the, uh, the post-nuclear uh, apocalypse, yep. so you'll, you'll have to, to run after those, like, oh no, I've, I've, I've accumulated three levels, crap. Right. I'd, I'd probably start <laughs> with the survival kit. My hair is falling kit. out, again. I'd, I'd start with the survival <laughs> kit first. That's your first mm-hmm. aid kit, fire starter, fishing lines, hooks, compass. You know. The adventurous kit. Yeah. You know, my Rambo knife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the Bowie knife. There's the apocalyptic version and the post, and then the pre-apocalyptic yes, version, exactly. which I think is great. You know, because mm-hmm. a, a real survivor kit, survival kit that you can go out and buy now, like a real quality one, that'd be yeah. worth something in the future. One that's hodgepodge yep. piled together by survivors later, <laughs> maybe not so much. Right. Yeah, and in here for their survival kit, um, it'll add an advantage to all your survival skill checks. A pre-apocalyptic one would add a success and an advantage to your check. So, like Tony said, more valuable, a little more oh, yeah. better mechanically instead. That's it. Now, I the, like the fact that they include as gear clean water. Yes. <laughs> clean water. It is. It's gear. It's a commodity. It's it could be a commodity. It could be a it could it be, be a lifesaver. Um, it could be credit, you know? Yeah. Scrap is an assault. That's really important. <laughs> My personal favorite is the H.R. Giger counter. Um, That'll tell you how many H.R. Giger paintings. No, it's a Geiger counter. It tells you how much radiation you're coming into. Um, It'd be a nice little bit of information to have if you're wandering around the post-apocalyptic wasteland. That's right. No, having something that goes... That's right. You get near my character would probably help you. That's right. (laughs) Unless you want that certain glow. Oh, you're glowing. You're not pregnant. You didn't just have sex. You're fucking sick. Excellent. And by the way, you got that arm sticking out of you that's giving me the finger. Yeah, that's yeah. Bill. I, that's Bill. Say hi to Bill. I'm just, I'm just wondering why I'm not. I don't become big and green. I want to smash stuff. <laughs> now, pre-apocalypse rations. Pretty sure Can't Twinkies. To beans. Twinkies, baby. Those will go on forever, right? I hey, mean, uh, da, hey, yeah, maybe. There comes a time. There will come a time. When they won't, I know. Adam, when a man will Adam. spend an entire movie trying to find a Twinkie, just saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Kansas Spam. Zombie you know. <laughs> <Sorry>. world. <sighs> he's got a can of Spam. He's trying to look for that key that just opens the can. Actually, no, Twist it was snowballs. Edge. It was snowballs he was looking for in Zombie World. No, nope, it? it was Twinkies. It was he found snowballs. Oh, but he found that's right, and he got pissed. A bit. <laughs> Fucking take snowballs and he got pissed. Sorry, didn't mean to ruin it. But the movie's been out for over 10 years. Go watch it. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we have a couple adversaries, too. Now, the, on the GM side of this, you've got some, some standard ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, we'll each pick a favorite and go over oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. So, um, whose turn go is it? Go ahead, Tony. I have no idea. Sorry. I think it might All be right, yours, well, Tony. Uh, my personal favorite is going to be the Rad Gator. All right, you are my that brother just... from another mother, dude. That's the one I was gonna pick, too. <laughs> well, now you gotta pick something different. I will. Uh, don't worry, I will. No, the Rad Gator. So this is in the aftermath of the nuclear war. Even animals can be warped by radiation. Uh, our yes. Rad Gator could have started out as a reptile or amphibian. Uh, could have started out as a lot of things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
mutating it into an eight-legged, acid-spitting monster. That's eight right. It's an acid-spitting dragon. Fuck. Uh, so yeah, I was golfing. It's a black um, dragon. I was golfing <laughs> at the Disney golf course while I was watching. While I was down in Orlando, saw a big seven-foot gator about 150 yards away, just walking mm. across. I'm up on the tee. I'm like, hey, honey, you see that? And she's like, yeah, I see it. And we just let him walk on his way. The big fucking gator. And he only had four <laughs> legs. I can only imagine one with eight. And <laughs> <laughs> mutate him even further and have all eight legs be like spider legs. And you've got an even crankier <laughs> oh, creature. Well, that's it. And you uh, don't, can only be appeased by uh, swamp uh, virgins. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it's a tank. This thing has got 40 wounds. It's it's big. It's yeah. It's got... Five brawn. It's not smart. It's got some willpower because it's stubborn as all get out. But I mean, just not a lot of strain either. But yeah, that thing, forty wounds for yeah. one and creature. Soak. Yeah, and an eight soak. It, yeah, it's How the fuck it's are not going to hurt it with a zip gun. You're not. Yeah, it's, it's silhouette two. It's eight legged. It can't be knocked prone or immobilized, which, which is me. cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's amphibious. It's got this real cool ability called the Death Roll. Oh, uh, read that. Where that is so fucking when, cool. When this character makes a successful brawl check against an immobilized target, it can inflict a critical wound without spending any advantage or a triumph, and it can still spend them to increase the difficulty or increase the um, give plus ten to the uh, result. Mm-hmm. So, just nasty. Got yeah. huge jaws that do ten damage. Holy crap! Yeah. With mm-hmm, ensnare. That's right. That. So this creature has ensnare. It bites. It spends two advantage to ensnare, and now it may immediately crit for free. Yeah, <laughs> because roll. it will death roll rolls. on your ass and roll yeah. you over. <laughs> and then the last thing, it's got a ranged attack because I mean can't have a gator an acid spitting gator without an acid because, spit because rad gator. <laughs> rad gator so it spits acid it's got a range of short so it's not getting very far with it but pierce four holy cats and thunder <laughs> and right. thunder and burn two yeah that it's thing's going to damage some of your beast. yeah so, so your your stop sign shield gets ah my and then my arm. Oh, that's so wow. not going to work. That stop shine no. shield is just going to be no. so fucked there, Stefan. Oh, exactly. No. You need a detour <laughs> shield instead. Yeah, you know it. It's going to melt your shit. My crowbar right. will be melted. Tony's, no, the, 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 his whole crowbar. family, all of his the machetes will be melted. <laughs> <laughs> we get Chris. What's your favorite? Uh, my favorite? Besides no, the go, racket. Go, go ahead, go ahead uh, Stefan. You pick. I'll, I'll go last. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, What's your favorite? Of course. Well, we're in the mutant uh, family, so the irradiated mutant, of course. Nice. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so he's uh, pretty tough. Not as tough as, of course, a rad gator. But, uh-huh. you know, he's your rank-and-file minion of irradiated mutants, whether they've got three arms or uh, a tongue that paralyzes you, whatever, uh, or wings or gliders. So... They're they're pretty. They could be tough in gangs. Uh, they've got the radioactive ability. So at the end of an encounter in which a target has, was hit by combat from this character, you have to make a hard resilience check, resilience check, or suffer one level of radiation. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> because they also have that certain glow, <laughs> and they want to share it. 
Hugs, hugs, hugs all around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, six feet apart, six feet. <laughs> but they don't understand that, so they want to grab their filthy claws, which uh, does five damage. And, of course, Vicious too. <laughs> so they can rend you. And then that's when you get that nice glow afterwards. <laughs> nice. Nasty. Now, they're yep. a minion, and I wanted to mention... Yeah. Because I forgot to mention that the Rad Gator was a nemesis. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my... <laughs> what about I, you, Chris? My, my favorite one after the Rad Gator is the Warlord. Who's going to freaking lead oh, yeah. all of these crazies, you know? Yeah. Witness me! You know, this is your nemesis. <laughs> Warlord nemesis, man. He's got a pretty damn tough um, brawn of four... Cunning of three, presence of three, but when we're looking at these skills, you know, coercion of four. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, leadership of two, but who needs leadership when you can coerce somebody and beat the shit out of them, right? Um, Yeah. They have adversary. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Adversary two. So anything against this guy is going to be upgraded twice. Or gal, mind you. Um, Yeah. That would be. Could be be a gal. I mean, (laughs) look at. Look at. Dread, the movie, the the warlord. Oh Nash. hell yeah, she was yeah. badass. She was badass. Ruthless. Mama was a badass. <laughs> That's right. And we've got um we've got a couple of abilities, special abilities. Um, might makes right. So after this character inflicts a crit, it could decrease the difficulty of all coercion and leaderships check they make by one. <laughs> yeah. So when you inflict a crit on somebody. You can decrease your coercion and leadership checks down to easy, which is yeah. not bad till the end of the encounter. And you can both. That's not their worst ability. No, no, no. And you know what? I'm always right. Right, Tony? <laughs> I'm always right. No. Yeah, until you're proven wrong, but yes. Well, I was, I was wrong once, but that's when I thought I was wrong, but I was really right. Anyways, so, so they can make a hard leadership check. <laughs> If successful, allies within medium range can perform a second maneuver during their turn without suffering strain. That's pretty good. Now, during their turn, that would be during the allies' turn, right? Mm-hmm. They don't suffer strain. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, so those minions, those irradiated they, those minions can have more. Yeah, they don't have to spend. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then they, and, um, and you could spend one advantage to increase the damage of affected allies. By an amount equal to your number of advantage spent. And the, uh-huh. this lasts to the end of your next turn. So, bashing somebody with crits, getting that easy mm-hmm. leadership check, um, spending your advantage on it to give your buddies more damage. Holy buckets. That's going to fucking be nasty. That's a cool one-two punch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very, uh, the, the synergy of those are pretty sweet. Um yeah. So he's got your, you know, the heavy revolver, you know, damage seven, crit three, you know, pretty straightforward, you know, limited ammo of five, accurate one. But of course, the aluminum bat, wrapped yeah. in barbed wire. <laughs> I guess they can go with wooden bat because it could be copyright infringement there. But, you know, damage seven, crit wait, three. Wait, wait, vicious warlord. Three. He gets all the best equipment. Well, vicious three, they, up, they upgraded that. So it's an aluminum bat. Instead of yeah. like a nail bat, it's like an aluminum bat wrapped in barbed wire. Ow! Then his I like last this. Inf- his last item is his most important: the megaphone or the spiky armor. <laughs> the, the megaphone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm coming after you. 
got to reach all those minions with those command exactly exactly this spiky armor is kind of cool though if you're targeted by melee combat check you could spend two threat or a or a despair to have them suffer two wounds you hit you oh i hit your spiky armor that's it oh my groin (laughs) exactly well do we want to mention what's in this sidebar? I don't know if I remember reading the sidebar. There's a have so a nice this apocalypse. Is the, <laughs> this is one I mentioned when we first uh, did our review of the book. Um, right. And okay. this is the have a nice apocalypse. It's basically, listen, it, it, there's two types of post-apocalyptic game. There's the fun game, and then there's the gritty, real gritty, not fun game. And we've talked about that. And mm-hmm. if you're one of those guys, and there's a few, or gals, there's a few of you out there, GMs, players, that really want that gritty game that is, um, you know, where you track every bullet, where you, you know, you cover really heavy, dark themes that, you know, mm-hmm. are going to come up, then, yeah. But make sure you boilerplate that and talk about it before you're setting. Yeah, you have that session game. zero with your players. Otherwise... Yeah, well, that's it. Is your Handle character it. the kind who uh, who's going to hide that bite mark from the zombie? <laughs> and yeah, and otherwise, the the rest of us are going to enjoy campy post-apocalyptic games where we're laughing and we're telling jokes and what we've been doing this entire episode, bringing up things from our favorite po- post-apocalyptic movies. Yep. That's what makes a post-apocalyptic game fun. It's not as grim. You're no. big damn heroes in this post-apocalyptic universe, and you're going to you're going to make your mark on you know yeah. Yeah. right before you burn out and die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. you're, you're taking a, a, a grim situation, but at least turning it a bit on its ear and mm-hmm. having a bit of humor and fun because that's what we're we're here to do as well. We're playing games oh, with each other to have fun, even if it is grim and dark. Whether it's you know. Uh, yeah, Mad I mean, Max or anything else. I mean, the last Sean sentence, the last sentence, kind of summarizes that. With, for example, players have only one round for their pistol, and they're saving it for themselves. Well, yeah. not players, but the characters. <laughs> the characters. The character. Jeez, that is pretty dark. <laughs> Shit, my character died. I think. Yeah, I think. I think if you're at that point, maybe gaming might not be for you. There might right, be. Right. I think there might be some therapy characters. in your future. <laughs> Pretty sure they've been player characters there. Yeah. And as I was reading it, I'm like, oh wow, that is dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. boy. Well, I think it we groups, beat the most apocalyptic setting into the apocalypse with yeah. that um, nail bat. Woohoo! <laughs> Slice it up with that machete. <laughs> Shall we Definitely. go on to the next section and maybe yes. see what's on the slab? Yes, I think so. All right, and now on to our next section uh, that Tony uh, will be uh, talking about called On the Slab. So in this one, Tony chooses an adversary from one of the many, 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 many books, and uh, we'll go through it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no sarcasm there at all. No, none. By the way, you got something dripping from your corner of your mouth there. It's called sarcasm. All right. right. (laughs) So what's on the slab today, Tony? Uh, well, it's the Reanimate from Ooh. the Realms of Terranoth 
section because uh, zombies. Um, yeah, yeah, so we talked about zombie apocalypse. And so I've chosen a theme uh, where you could totally rewrite the reanimate as other minion types, as in fact, uh, rivals, and even a nemesis. Um, so the reanimate, what is it? Well, it's the backbone of undead forces, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a zombie. It's a Potter. it's a yeah. It's it's zombie uh, fodder, so to speak. Yes, it was best mm-hmm. word. Um, and um, so I've chosen as a theme the Left for Dead Two zombies from the Left for Dead Two video game, where you had um, several different special types of undead you had your regular zombies these are your shambling undead and they stop shambling when they see people they start charging um nice and um so there were a couple different types so what you had is you had a hunter a smoker a charger and a jockey those were minion types of zombies they were hidden amongst the other the zombies your hunter was one that was equipped with stealth um Mm. so First, I want to go over what the reanimate is, and that is it's a minion. Uh, so it's got group um, wound threshold, four wounds per minion in the group uh, with a soak of three. It's just got a brawn two, agility two, cunning two, and then everything else is one. Mm-hmm. Um, and these ones in Realms of Terranoth wear armor. So they have uh, defense you could probably do away with the defense. Um, yeah. And then they all have the ability that they're undead. So they don't need to breathe. They don't drink that. That's going to stay their undying ability. Oh. Uh, uh, you may spend a threat from any check made by a PC. Uh, this is as a GM to return one previously defeated reanimate. Mm-hmm. So just adding another one, they Three didn't threat. hit it in the head. Three threat. Yeah, three threat. Gotcha. Did I say two? No, you just said a threat. So three oh, threat. it's three threat. Mm-hmm. Or you may spend a despair to return two reanimates <laughs> to a group. That's great. I and love so, that ability. Now, we're not going to give them any gear because we're going to have just the regular ones that are like that, right? That's mm-hmm. your regular one like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have a basic brawl attack that's going to be equal to their brawn. And nothing more. That's all. Maybe a bite that does, that, you know, can infect you or whatever. Yeah. Either way, they tr- travel in large numbers, but then they have amongst them these special minion infected. Your hunter is gonna um, have instead of a rank, just a rank in brawn and a rank in resilience and a rank in vigilance, they're gonna have uh, a rank in stealth. They're Ooh. sneaky. Um, and they're going to have attached to them long claws that they can grab a hold of you because the hunters would jump on you from behind and they would grab a hold of you and they would claw you with these raking claws. So you would give them a claw attack. Then you have the smoker. The smoker was basically a zombie that's on fire. And this thing, um, so you would give its attacks instead not the, nothing more than the burn quality. There you go. That mm. would make your smoker um, unique. For a, minion, your char- for a minion, you would do what? Maybe burn two? Burn one? Yeah, or? burn two. Not, okay. not too much. Not, yeah. yeah. That could okay. be re- 
That could be radiation, too. Radiation burn. Right. <laughs> then we had the charger. Now, the charger was one that would... Um, it would charge through all the other zombies and hit you and knock you down. So you're going to give it a couple of things. One, you're going to give it the swift talent so that mm-hmm. it can treat any terrain as, an, as a train that it could just charge over. Right. And then it's the other thing you're going to do is uh, you're going to give them their attack knockdown. Um, so, and it's all brawn, all these are brawl, mm-hmm. excuse me, all these creatures are using brawl. Yep. Um, and then the last one is the jockey, and the jockey would jump on your head and blind you and drive you into hordes of zombies, um, and it would <laughs> ride you like that, and it would just natch, it would um, not, latch onto your head, and so to get a jockey, you would give its brawl attack um, ensnare, so that it could ensnare you and guide you into uh, into the charger's path. Yes, yes. <laughs> And it would which, which looks like a linebacker towards the hordes of other zombies. So, wow. Um, and then we go into the we go into the uh, the the rival um, ones, and uh, I, I see a spelling error in my show notes. Uh, but uh, we had two different rival ones, and one is the boomer, and the other would be the spitter. Now, they would have the attacks of your other zombies. Now, your boomer was this big, huge, fat zombie, and they would walk into a group of survivors or get as close as they could to a survivor, and then they'd explode. Mm -hmm. And they just cover you with this acid that burns you up. So your boomer is going to be a fatter. It's going to be a little heavier. It's going to be a rival. So instead of having just four wounds per minion, you're going to give it 12 to 12 to 14 wounds you wanted to have uh you know enough wounds to be able to get close to you mm-hmm. right um and high then, brawn and low agility maybe yes a high brawn and low agility you want a brawn of around four so it can just move other zombies out of its way to get to those characters because mm-hmm. it's really hoping to suicide bomb when it gets there <laughs> nice and so you want to create this blast attack that it's got, and it's got it. It would have a, a couple ranks in ranged, one or two, so that when it gets close to you, it uses this ranged attack, and this ranged attack is going to have blast. It's probably going to do a lot of damage. It's going to have burn, and it's going to have sunder. That will represent the acid part. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the burn. It's going to burn through. It's going to do uh, continuous damage. The acid part of it, uh, the other acid part of it, it's sunder. It's going to corrode things. And then the blast, of course, is it exploding and spreading that all over everyone. Yeah, affecting multiple targets. Put it at around six to seven damage for the initial damage of it and and, and blast. Yeah, Yeah, because once once the boomer has done his attack, he's gone. Yes. You don't have to worry about him. Would you give him adversary or no? Nope. Nope. I wouldn't give him adversary because he's he's a one and done. He's going to run in, explode, and be done. No need for adversary. (laughs) Now, the spitter, on the other hand, spitter is one that is smaller. It has the same acid-like affliction, but instead it travels in a sneaky way through the zombie horde nice. and all of a sudden it'll spit acid on you from a very short range but it spits it all over you and again we're talking just like the rad gator we're talking 
uh, acid spit. It's going to have burn. It's going to have mm-hmm. uh, maybe give it vicious. And it's going to have sunder. Um, and it can do that over and over. So that okay. you may want to give a rank of adversary. Gotcha. Okay. okay. And then you, the last and you, two types and of... The pl- yeah, sorry. And the player characters may think that this spitter is a jockey. It's like, oh, well, no, we don't want him to sit on our heads. Like, no, no. He's staying just outside of range and just spitting on you. Because <laughs> that's what jockeys would do, too. They would wait until you they, your back was turned to them. Then they jump yeah. on your back and they... Yeah. Nice. There we go. So... So then we have the two nemesis kind, and these were the ones you really feared in the video game. And again, as nemesis, uh, honestly, you have two. You have one that's a tanker. Now, the tanker or the tank is this huge zombie. It's like a melding of multiple zombies into one big body. It's twice the size of Shaquille O'Neal kind of (laughs) big, just monster. This thing can throw cars. Okay. So you want to, you know, you want to. The Rad Gator is a great place to start for it. You know, 40 wounds is not unfeasible. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, uh, And and give it the ability to throw any object that it can get a hold of. And it's going to be silhouette, too. And it's going to have, you know, a couple ranks in range so they can throw cars. Um, It can throw other zombies at you. It's going to be. And it's also going to have a lot of soak. You want seven or eight soak on this thing because little bullets aren't going to hurt it. People are going to want to toss bombs at it to blow it up. True. Um, yeah. Think, think Cave Troll from Lord of the Rings, a size, maybe. Dang. Yep. Yep. And the, the last type that they had in the game was the Witch, another nemesis. Oh, I'm sorry. And the tanker, he wanted you wanted him to have a lot of wounds. Strain threshold doesn't matter. 11, no. 12 strain, that's all you need. The Witch, on the other hand, she had this really bad ability, really nasty ability. Her scream would immobilize people. Um, so she was kind of like a, a banshee. So give her some strain to be able to use that. Um, yeah. So you want her to be more like 15 or 20 wounds and then like 15 or 20 strain, right around the same amount. Um, she's going to be very agile because she's extremely fast. I would give her also ranks an adversary the tank would have ranks an adversary the i tell you the two were equally feared but i feared the witch more in the video game so i would crank her up to adversary three Ooh. and have adversary two on the on the tank okay. gotcha and with her with the witch she'd have some sort of scream ability that she could hit with at medium range and then her claws would be deadly because what she would do she would scream at you to immobilize you mm. and then when she got on top of you she would shred you and her Ooh. claws would just move super fast. She had big, long, nasty claws, and she just shred you. So the claws are going to have pierce, probably pierce four. They're going to be vicious, and they're going to do a crap ton of damage. Probably her brawn of two plus three, so wow. five damage. And and then, you know, five agility on her. She is pretty nasty. Yeah. Wow, that would be nasty. That's when your so, manicure, manicurist character comes. And give into her play. that. No! Give her that. Give her that ability. What is it like finesse or something? Where she links her agility mm-hmm. to her brawn attacks yeah. to attack with to hit with. And she would also have a tremendous cunning because the witches would sit and they would they would cry like a child. Oh, yeah, and helpless. they would, and you would think it was a child around the corner that you were going to rescue. Of course, everybody who played the game for more than 
one level knew that's a freaking witch. Stay the hell away from it. Because <laughs> you'd round the corner, all of a sudden it would look at you, and then it would run right at you, screaming and shredding you limb from limb. Nice. So uh, that's just a quick theory crafting of how to do one particular monster at multiple levels. Right. Um, so good. you could do this if you wanted to make any type of monster, whether it be a, a like a, a bear or something that you want to be varying different levels of it. You could just theory craft. Okay, where do I want it to go? What do I want it to advance to? And then give it different steps along the way. Give it tweaks and just little touches. Cool. Well done, dude. Yeah, those are great ideas. Definitely. And if you haven't played Left 4 Dead 2, <laughs> it's available on Steam. Go get it. It's a fun game. <laughs> wow. Sounds like it. Can't wait to go see, oh, that screaming baby. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then get mauled <laughs> by the witch. Nice. Save all the babies. All right. Well, <laughs> shall we um, go to our next segment then? Yeah. I think so. Right, our favorite one. All right. Well done, Tony. Welcome to Advantageous Threats. This is where we build, roll, and narrate the die results on some sample skill checks for our entertainment and hopefully for yours. And we're going to shake it up today. Our good friend Stefan here has been inspired and would like to run Chris and I through a little scenario. So what you got, bud? All right. So, of course, inspired by our post-apocalyptic uh, setting discussion that we had uh, before, so the world has been devastated by war and our characters our two heroes here are part of a remote settlement uh, unfortunately the settlement has been stricken by radiation sickness when raiders attacked recently no no so uh the best two warriors are tasked by the their shaman or medicine woman uh maite says no, there's, I'm sure there's some some anti-rad rad medicines in the old research facility of Stark Industries somewhere in the jungle nearby. <laughs> so you have to, uh, to go. Uh, we can't spare any more warriors, but you're our two best. And, of course, everyone knows that these, uh, this research facility has a uh, sentry robot that's uh, part of the defenses. But you're, you're pretty sure you can get past that old clunker. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though it never sleeps. But will you have enough and be able to slip by and get, get out and save the village? That's what we'll see. So who are you guys playing? Let's start with Chris. What Whoa. character did you create? Whoa. Oh, I created, um, I created a survivalist explorer who calls himself Keanu. Um. <laughs> He has, his, he has a trusty nail bat that he's named Annie in one hand. He has a zip gun named Mika in the other. Plus, he's got some wicked-ass sports pads that he's, that he's rolling. I mean, from his old sporting goods, from his old sporting days, because he used to play. Oh, of you know, he was an athlete, lettered in football and baseball back in high school, mm. right? But now um, that's not happening anymore because no. of the post-apocalypse. Um, <laughs> and, you know cranked up a couple of uh you know he's cunning very cunning 
and I built this guy to be... He can look out for things. Like, he can get us through and hopefully can perceive and stealth around and get her done. Excellent. So, um, but he does have his trusty companion. Yes, Tony. Who's a, who's accompanying Keanu on this mission? Well, that would be Rupper. <laughs> I mean, Pupper. 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 Right? Keanu's most loyal mutant friend. Follows Keanu everywhere, watches his back ever since Keanu rescued the canine-looking mutant from a pit fighting, uh, from pit fighting in a traveling freak show. Pupper has his patented pit bull bite. Um, mm. He kind of looks like a mix between a human and a pit bull, mm. and uh, he's not the smartest, but he's loyal. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'm glad he's on my tail side. wagging like crazy. I'm glad what Pupper's tail? on my side. Holy fuck! <laughs> Rupper Ruffrianu. <laughs> He's a good boy. He's a good, a good boy. You're good, boss. Yeah, I'm sure Keanu keeps his supply of, of, of pupper snacks uh, up to date. Nah, we made sure <laughs> we got. We made sure we raided that uh, that yeah. that uh, PetSmart. Yeah, uh, we PetSmart stores got plenty of got plenty of canned dog food for the boy. I might. I have a couple cans myself, just in case. There you go. <laughs> All right, got some vitamins in it. <laughs> All right. So all right. So we are. You, we need to get to this hospital. That's it. You've headed um, off into the jungle to get into the hospital. Okay. So do we need to find the hospital, or do we kind of know where it's at? Oh no. Oh no. It's easy to find. We There's lots of rumors okay. about where it is. Yeah. So, it's just that not a lot of people go in there because they don't come out because of yeah. that robot BK three seven three five seven. Well, I think our I think our approach to this would definitely have to be. We need to see where BK three five seven is. I mean, we got to scout out the area, right? Well, we so maybe sneak, I sneaker in there. At least, yeah, some kind of stealth check together to see uh, if you can manage to find okay. the lab. There, there's there's supposed to be a lab with anti rad meds. All right, I got a, like I that. got a couple of I got a couple ranks in stealth. I got a three agility, right. um, and I um. I do have um, knack for it in stealth as well. All right. So um, don't know if there were going to be any um, setback dice to this. Um, but what kind of difficulty are we thinking? And is it a group check? Uh, we'll make it a, a group check so you can rely on uh, maybe Tony's uh, or uh, Pupper's uh, enhanced senses with perception or vigilance. You know, he's got keen nose and ears. Yeah. Uh, so give. Yeah, give yourself a boost die for that. Cool. And it'll be a difficult check. A hard check, sorry. Hard check. Hard difficulty. And you've never been here before. Only heard by only heard rumors of the layout and stuff. And you've got a very, very crude layout map. Okay. So you yourself one setback dice. Okay. Because it might I'll, not be accurate. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll remove that setback die because I'm making a stealth <laughs> check. Right. I'm knack, I got a knack for it, and um, Excellent. you know this feels like a very important check. So I'm going to spend a story point so we can survive. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I am not going to spend a story point You're just not. for now. Okay, so no. I have three proficiency dice, a boost mm -hmm. die, and three difficulty die. Here we go. Right. Woohoo! I failed, um, but I got two advantage. All right. 
So unfortunately, you haven't, you, you've scouted out, but you weren't able to find out where that BK357 is. But... Well, maybe, maybe because I failed. Because, well, well, I failed the stealth check. <laughs> That's the thing. I was making a stealth check. Or was it a perception well, check you wanted me to make? Uh, a mix of you know, say stealth, because you're, 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 while you're entering... Yep, got it. You're, you're, well, you're I still be wary. All right. So we'll... It's a short encounter. You've managed... You don't know mm-hmm. where BK357 is. Okay. But, but I'm with pretty sure I'm stealthing. <laughs> well, you at least managed to find the shortest route from the entrance you are to the lab. Oh, good. Which is good, a good. couple of levels underground. The okay. advantage is you found a map on one of the walls. It's like, you know, you know an emergency there. exit kind of a map. Sweet. You are here and okay. able to find it. And we're looking for radiation medicine. Yes. So you're hey, in Ross. one of the yeah. med bays. Yeah, Pupper. You, what do you, you, you get the meds. I'll watch your back. There okay. we go. Sounds good. So I will try and find the meds. Maybe look for a radiation symbol. Maybe oh, yeah. the you, lab that might have it yeah. in there? Well, so you found the, the, the actual med lab uh, okay. that uh, they treated people for whatever ailments that they had after mm-hmm. experimenting on them. Okay. And Is the lab open? There's lots of little ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's, you know, it's easy to get into. You have your trusty crowbar. Just crunch <laughs> the rusted chain. Yes, I do. Uh, there we go. And enter. It's one of those meds. Lots of old beds and gurneys. It's dark, but you've got your flashlights. Okay. Throwing the little lights around. Okay. And you've got these little cabinets with uh, the glass doors and Do I recognize have the symbols. Okay. Do I have an idea of how many I need? Yeah, Dr. Maite's, you know, well, as many as you can, whatever you can find. All right. Throw it in your you backpack. Got, your she gave you one of backpack. these little plastic things that's supposed to, uh, to keep things cool called igloo. For some reason, okay. So, <laughs> huh. Open that up, pile as many things in. Cool. And that's when you start hearing, you know, pupper ears prick up as you're uh, putting these anti-rad vials and files in there. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's BK three five seven. We can come down the hallway. So, little lights, orange-yellow lights on the other side of those double doors you just went through. As you look through, you see that someone actually maybe have made all the way to this lab and spray-painted some graffiti on the inside of the doors. Huge kind of frog with a mutant human penis between its legs. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, it looks and like as, the Star Corporation's, uh, yeah. what do you call it? Star Corporation's um, symbol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as this glow comes on the other side of those little tainted or dirty windows, it bursts through those doors, and that big robot that I showed you on the uh, on the chat oh, yeah. shows up. Uh-oh. Intruder. Intruders detected. It scans you. It has three eyes underneath its dome, oh, no. which is very close to its chest. But one of them sort of is off. It's sort of always j- jittering and not moving co- as smoothly as the other two. I'm going to bark and scare it away. It, it, it seems to look at both of you. Like, uh, human detected, threat level low. Mutant detected, 
threat level high. Oh, arr, arr, arr. I'm barking at it. I'm gonna scare it away. Give me a coercion check. You're selected as mutant. Selected as primary target elimination <laughs> protocol. <laughs> So we'll roll initiative. You, uh, you can roll either uh, cool uh, uh, or vigilance because it's it's not really surprising. <laughs> yeah. You were surprised you made it this long without being detected. <laughs> there is that. All right, three advantage for me, dude. That's all I got. Three success and a triumph. Oh! And this guy has the three, two greens and a yellow. So there we go. Roll real quick. He's got, ooh. Yeah, one, two, three, four, four successes and two advantage. Eagles first, I think. <laughs> All right, but someone did a triumph. Tony, I did. Tony got a triumph. You, you get a you get a free maneuver. Pupper. All right. Well, was my maneuver? I will bodyguard. I will All use right. my bodyguard talent and protect Keanu. Did All I right. see another? Uh, did we see another exit out of this room, or were the double doors coming into the lab the only way in? Unfortunately, they're the only way in. Okay. But they're pretty wide, and the robot okay. just stepped in. Got it. Um, it's a pretty big room, lots of okay. medical births. All right. And the, the hands partly retract, the fingers retract or, or change shape. Out of the left arm, a long, long blade comes out with spikes, and it starts spinning. It's like, oh, chainsaw. Oh, crap. <laughs> and the other one has some kind of cannon and a little laser sight B. Centered now on Pupper's head. <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> Holy! So it it will try to attack Pupper. I got your back, his, boss. With its auto shotgun. So so let me think. Get out of here with the meds. So the war so the war was the machine uprising. Apparently, <laughs> partly <laughs> the, partly machine like uprising. The maybe All maybe right. a. Uh, a um a post nuclear <laughs> as well maybe. Go. Let's see. Yeah. Holy it's fuck. a big mashup. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so two difficulty for uh, for this range. And do you have any defense on my pupper? Nope. No. All right. So just the three, three yellow, two purple. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, wait. Are you attacking Pupper or Keanu? Pupper. Okay. You're, you're, you're declared as the automatic. My bodyguard would upgrade the difficulty. That's why I'm asking. Oh, okay. okay. No, he's, de- he's determined that you're the... Since you're, mu- you're a mutant, you're the yeah, greater threat. That's right. Oh, boy. All right. Full bite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I got two successes and a threat. So the auto shotgun goes, and that's six points, uh, six, eight points of damage. All right, I'll soak seven of that, and I'll take one. Yeah, and nice. uh, some of the, I guess, you know, ammo gets stuck. He gets maybe a point of strain as his system tries to unclog the ammo. <laughs> this shotgun shell hits the side of my hodgepodge homespun armor. Nice. There you go. just, you just see. Uh, that dents in the plate, and you kind of hear a slight from Puffer as it, it dented the plate. Okay, well, he's only a rival, so he's not, he doesn't have strains, so he gets a wound. There we go. Alrighty then. Alright, so next up, there's then it's two player slots. Go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead, boss. No, no. Um, well, okay, so meds, yeah. rad meds, 
Do I yep, have them in the them. igloo, or do I need? To, I have yep. them. Don't you have them? I you shut just, the igloo. You just closed them. Yeah. I shut the igloo, put it under my arm like a fucking football, and I'm gonna <laughs> run out. I'm gonna just run out of here. Just maneuver to get out, and then um, actually double maneuver, and then use my action to just kind of avoid being hit by the thing. All right. I was like, so you want to try to avoid maybe that's a kind of a coordination check as you're trying to maneuver between the uh, the robot, the debris, and the Perfect. door. That sounds good. Yep. All right. Coordination check, and then um, what kind maybe of difficulty are we talking here? Uh, maybe opposed by its brawl. Uh, that might be too, way too difficult. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I really I am spending my action just to kind of not get hit, so. Just yeah. leaving. So let's see. Um, how big is it's it? Fairly, is it big or is uh, it like it's our a size? silhouette two? Silhouette, uh, yeah, silhouette two. So it's a bit big. It's, it's taking up okay. a lot of room, but it's clunky. It's obviously it's been there for a long time, so proper maintenance hasn't been done. Really, take call it a hard check still. A hard check? Okay. Yeah, that it's a bit dark. Uh, yeah, I could I could upgrade it once though, if you'd like, yeah, because I am going. Does he have adversary? It has adversary, so we'll upgrade it. Advocate once. Alrighty then. Um, and because it's got its chainsaw out, and you know, I'm going to spend a story point because you, know, you never know. There we go. <laughs> put my strain. Going to put my strain down. Took. So I'm spending two maneuvers to get out of here. So, all right. All right. Um, and you said what now? Uh, hard difficulty. Yep, hard difficulty, and then for the chainsaw, you were you were upgrading another one. Oh, upgrading it, yes, in the story. Okay, pumped. so I have a yellow, two green, two red, and a purple there for me go. to get yeah. out of here. Here we go, pulling on my pulling on my knowledge of um, you know being a running back slash quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> and gonna get the hell out of here. Home run, home run, time for a home run. Let's see, so those cancel. I uh, complete wash. Oh, all right. So no successes, no threat, nothing. All right. So you unfortunately you skid off of some wet, uh, so some water dripping from uh, the, from above. I don't, I don't make it out of the room, or I get to the other uh, side of them, or what? You get on one side of them, not quite. So okay. you're on the other side. Between so the 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 robot is between you and Pupper. But you're not quite okay. Sounds good. On the, side the of other the doors. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. I got you. So I'm yeah. going around them in the kind of the other side. Okay. Yeah, you had to go around and up and over some stuff. So there we go. Parkouring the shit out of this lab. Yeah. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> Pupper. Okay, I'm gonna Pupper, charge it using my uh, incident as an incidental. I'm gonna use my bull rush talent. All right. <clears throat> and um, I'm gonna bite it. I'm just going for its throat. <laughs> Doesn't have much of a throw. It's just a head on a torso. Don't care. Even Aim it for right. the general direction. <laughs> <laughs> Go for the eyes, boo. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's uh, average difficulty, or it's a normal difficulty for melee attack. So it's going to be two. One of those upgraded for adversary. Um, I happen to have two ranks in brawl, and I have a brawn of five um, nice. because. Uh, because Pupper. Well, that's where Pupper's a beef, beefy right. bastard. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, um, and it does have one defense. Okay, one defense. All right. And you said adversary one, right? As well. Yep. 
Yeah, I got that in there. I'm going to go ahead and because man, it's it's getting real close to hitting my my bestest friend Keanu, and I can't have that. I just can't have that. Nope. So I'm going to upgrade nope. story point. All right, okay, story uh, point. Spend with a story and, point. Ready? And what the hell? I'll spend a story point too because it's it's important. <laughs> sure, important <laughs> stuff. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks. Here we go. All right, so uh, the two red dice were one each, a single threat and despair. So that cancels out a couple of my. Um, so yeah, I had successes and advantage. I had net one success and six advantage minus one, so five advantage and a triumph. Ooh, ooh, that's so, my okay. net. So one okay, success. So, huh? One success, so you do hit. Yes, which means bite. my damage for my bite is going to be seven plus the one success, eight. All right. Awesome. Uh, it, has a, it has a high soak, uh, but you still manage to do at least one point as you grip it into it and damage a bit of some components inside. All right. I'm going to take uh, three... Six, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna take uh, three of those advantage, and I'm gonna take get a free maneuver. Okay. Uh, that maneuver is to activate my berserk talent. Huh. Um, so I'm just it's just a bunch of bites <laughs> that will add an additional success and two advantage to the to the roll. Okay, so next one damage. So one more damage, yeah. So and more so now more I still have four advantage to spend. Bull okay. rush allows me to spend three of those to knock him on his ass, knock him prone. Nice. That's what we want. Awesome. So, how much? How many successes for that? Or advantages? Three? Three. Leaves okay, me with one advantage and a triumph. Okay. The extra advantage, I have an idea where as you bull rush them, you bite, it pulls over, it, you pull it, and you realize that it was plugged into a power source. The power cable just goes, and suddenly there's a, like a display on its, on its dome where the power bar goes doo, 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 doo. recharging cycle interrupted power, emergency power only oh <laughs> nice and unplugged. Uh, and what about your triumph then well with my triumph when i knock it, it down over. yeah, yeah loud mess. i'd like for its um, chainsaw arm to get like caught in something like maybe it's stuck on in the floor or oh, it's stuck onto something like one of those overhead lights for surgery. It crashes, brings it down, and it's all tangled up. Yeah, <laughs> Fire. so it kind of sparks are flying all over the place. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then I'm run, boss. I got it. <laughs> I'm just ripping right. away at it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh-huh. All right. So now we're back up to the round. It's its turn. Yep. Of course, now it's way too close to for its auto shotgun. It'll try to to get you uh, with its chainsaw, trying to pull it. But I'll give it at least two setback, just because it's all tangled up. Awesome. <laughs> so this is its brawl check. Ooh, gave it lots of brawl. So four, yeah, four yellows. <laughs> it's trying to hit me with its shotgun. No, with its uh, chainsaw, but it's all tangled up. So it's trying to. Pull it so out I of the tangle, so it's like already set back. I say, since I spent a triumph on that, that it's actually upgraded instead. Yeah, could upgrade too. 
but I'm still giving it the two setback because it's it's on the ground as well, trying to hit you, or it's all way too close. Nice. All right, so I got a red, a purple, and four yellow and two black. But you are its target. It's it gets target. an automatic success because of berserk. Okay, so we'll Bar- keep it at that. Bar- Keep it at that. I'm not spending a story point. Do you want to spend a story point? Uh, yeah. Pupper don't want to okay. die. No. All right. So two reds instead of a red and a purple. Oh, let's do it. Alrighty then. Real quick. All right. A couple of cancellations there. There you go. So we're left with, ooh, it fails. Woohoo. But with an ad- two advantage. So it doesn't actually hit you. So it tries to get you with the chainsaw. Sparks are flying all over the place. So sparks are flying instead even more. Uh, wires are spraying, giving maybe the next person to act a setback dice because of those live wires going all over. Okay. Okay. I'll go. Oh, get out of right. here. I'm going to parkour out of here then. All right. Coordination. So you try you to get another coordination yeah. check to get out and away. Yeah, exactly. Hard yep. with so the setback. Hard with the setback. But I also have knack for it in coordination. So I picked. Oh. So I did three <laughs> ranks in cord in knack for it. Survival, sure, coordination, <laughs> perception, vigilance, and stealth. Yeah, there's nice. a reason why. There's a reason why he's alive. That's so that's why listeners, GMs, don't be afraid to sit to. To go with those setback dice, especially if your characters have spent XP on those talents. <laughs> yes, exactly. That, All right. It's okay, <laughs> because then you can just spend a story mm-hmm. point to get one of those red dice in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you said you had upgraded it before. All right, now I'm going to spend a story point. Do we have? Do we still have one on our player side? You have two on your side. Two. Yep, I'll spend one to get out of here. Hopefully, uh, I can activate a triumph and um. Help help right. Pupper get get away as well. Um, right. Yes, let's I'll, go, Pupper. If you can and, get away, let's go. We can outrun this spend, thing. And I'll spend one because you know there's all kinds of things happening because you know. post apocalyptic and things. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> Still carrying it like a football. There gonna we go. Get the hell's out of here. Um, maybe next round. Um, <laughs> oh, one on, one advantage. One advantage. <laughs> One but advantage. I do. Uh, but I am going to spend my strain to just move away from the thing, and leave, okay. if possible. Okay. But I did fail with one advantage. <laughs> All right. So you met. Unfortunately, you didn't. But you're still spending a maneuver. Uh, so you're getting closer to the door. You have to be careful of all this. There's water and electricity. You know that's not a good combination, at least. <laughs> okay. So being extra careful. But I do have swift. So if it's difficult yeah. terrain, I could still kind of get through. But um, okay. I would like. Right, so I you- think. I think maybe the sparks. I kind of with the advantage. Um, one of the lines come, and I and I kind of um, as I kick off a piece of equipment, it sends yeah. something into the sparks, and it kind of sparks in um, this thing's face, kind of okay. fucking up its uh, its ability to view something. So Pupper's next check will have a boost die. All right, so he's going to have a little bit of advantage on his. That's it. So a little bit of feedback on the uh, mm-hmm. on tra- on the on BK three five seven. There you go, a little bit. All okay, right. excellent. As so, Pupper, Pupper, 
as I'm an incidental, I'm going to activate my grapple talent. Now this thing ain't getting away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's going to cost me two strain. Um, right. So I'm at three strain now. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to... I'm gonna grab a hold of its chainsaw arm and try and drive it into its head. Oh shit! With dude. a brawl check. <laughs> All right. So, I've got my dice. I've got one uh, adversary added in. I've got the defense melee defense added in. Um, I've got my dice as normal, uh, and I am going to because I really want Keanu to get away. I'm gonna spend a, our my last story point there. Yep. And. Uh, and uh, upgrade my check. Alright, well, you guys still have two story points because I spent one also. Oh, okay. So All right. Now no we problem. only have one. Alright. Um, Alright. So you Go spent one on this check also? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> now we have two. Awesome. Alright, and got that. And I got my boost die from Keanu, and I'm mm. going to spend my maneuver to aim. Nice. Cool. Really focusing on driving the. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So <laughs> my setback die and one of my red dice came back blank, which is always good. But both of my boost dice came back blank too, which sucks. Oh, but yeah. anyhow. <laughs> so grand total, with its weapon, mm-hmm. I have um, one, two, three, four. Successes, awesome. and one, two, three, four, five advantage. Holy <laughs> crap! <laughs> All right, so five. I'm adding the one success, the two advantage for my berserker talent. Okay, which lasts the entire encounter. Right. So, how much damage total? I don't know uh, what the weapon does. Oh, uh, his damage chainsaw does eight. Eight plus four, twelve damage. Twelve damage. Pairs two. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so it reduces its soak by two. It's only so um, eight. And how many successes? Sorry, five. Uh, total twelve damage. Twelve damage. Twelve damage. Okay, twelve minus five. All right, Here you go. All right, so it's it's damaged, severely damaged. And if you want, with all those advantages, you it's it's just twitching and dancing all over the place now. Oh, I'm gonna mobilize it. Yeah, it's it's just. You can you can easily step over it and join uh, Keanu and escape. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> and as you this, step- so I grabbed the chainsaw arm and I I was trying to get it to come down towards its head, but it was pulling right. the other direction. So I just went and brought it down on its leg, and it gets all jammed up in its leg, and it the chainsaw stops. And, you leave. and so I don't know how many advantage that was. Oh, we'll say it'll, it'll use all of it, just uh, including with your move to get just up and over. Uh-huh. All right. you, know, you, you hop on on its head. <laughs> all right, so I just leap off of it and go after the boss. And <laughs> I'm grinning next to him. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> you bite the back of my collar and just drag me out. Right. <laughs> and we get away. Maybe a couple Yay. a couple of its advantage the advantages that. It, it had a micro missile launcher. It pops open, and instead of firing, it just explodes. <laughs> Self destructs as it, hoping last ditch ever to get me. <laughs> a micro missile launcher too? Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude! I'm like uh, thinking, hmm, I could have a nail bat. 
and yeah. a zip gun. Didn't know there were micro missile launchers we could salvage. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Chainsaws. <laughs> dude, that was rocking, dude. That was fun. There we go. Yay. Robbery robot. Robert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can have fun, even if it's a big weapon. It's like, yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show you, you can build a character who doesn't yep. need weapons. <laughs> no, exactly. So, there are other ways of defeating your opponent. He so. is a weapon. <laughs> a pupper is a weapon, and good thing yeah. he's on Keanu's side. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think with that, maybe we um we uh, end the show. <laughs> Wrap it oh, up. Yeah, that was. So that was Adventitious, Adventitious Threats. I hope you, you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks, Stefan. Well, well done, buddy. Thank you. All right. So uh, that was our post-apocalyptic show. We managed to survive it uh, with various degrees of success. And... Uh, we avoid getting uh, spanked. <laughs> I'd like to do just a, one of the uh, little uh, shout out to one of our uh, affiliated shows. Uh, the uh, today uh, imaginary ramblings with uh, Matt uh, Matthew Jones and his friend Ben. They talk about all kinds of things of uh, uh, society at large. Uh, enemy villain motivations and, and, and things like that. Um, they're all over the place, but they're always entertaining and fairly short episodes, usually 30 to 40 minutes. So easy to listen to. Well, give them a listen on the Nerds International Network. Cool. Well, our Anything next else, show... Chris? Yeah, yeah. So our next show, we're going to be interviewing Guillaume Tardif from on his Inquisition setting. Um... From uh, that's on Genesis Foundry. We'll put a link in the show notes there for that. Um, which we we did play the actual play in that setting last time. So mm-hmm. Guillaume, hopefully we will ping your brain and see what you thought of our um, of our actual play there. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have any questions for Guillaume um, about his setting or about him in general. Please feel free to email us at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com. Contact myself and Stefan on Facebook at Finding the Narrative. Uh, you can reach out to all three of us on Nerds International or in the Finding the Narrative Mayway. Uh, you can talk to all three of us in the chat over there very quickly. Mm-hmm. We usually right. respond within an hour or two. Something like that. Because uh, you don't have our- lives. If you have strictly a French-speaking question that I will never learn, uh, you can contact Stefan over Twitter. Um, He will gladly translate that question into English for the rest of us retards. And um, (laughs) pictures, uh, if if I sorry, 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 linguistically challenged. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And he will. uh, That's at ftn underscore genesis. And um, yeah, this is Tony saying let's tell a story and spend a story point and this is stefan saying don't dare no don't not that no actually dare to ask for a boost ace <laughs> and this although is my right no no good stuff although my my friends right now uh, during the adventures threat didn't really ask that for that many boost dice but whatever <laughs> no we figured you just give them out for free 
yeah. but you didn't. So that's okay. You but do remember, them. not only do you ask for those boost dice, but remember the rule of cool. Always have your trusty mutant puppy with you when you go into the post-apocalypse and just have right, fun. Right. <laughs> Get a crowbar. That's right. And uh, good night, everybody. Good night. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, copyright 2020, all rights reserved.